Welcome to Content Insiders, brought to you by Acrolinks, the AI-powered platform that eliminates content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at enterprise scale. For more information on Acrolinks, stay tuned until the end of this broadcast or visit us at www.acrolinks.com. In this episode of Content Insiders, Acrolinks CEO Volker Smith will speak with Bernd Kruse, Senior Localization Manager, and Daniela Fleck, Terminologist from Philips Healthcare. Their teams are tasked with creating clarity across borders by harvesting terminology that creates clear, concise content in any language. Good morning, Daniela, and good morning, Bernd. Uh, really appreciate the time that you take um, to discuss with me, with us, the value of content in your organization. So my name is Volker Smith. Uh, by the way, my nickname in the US is Tom, uh, just for the sake of reason that whenever I order coffee, at Starbucks, it's really hard to tell them that my first name is Volker because they always get it wrong. <laughs> so this is how I ended up with my nickname, Tom. So over to you before I post my first question, let me introduce yourself, let you introduce yourself and the organization that you work for. Don't know who wants to start in yellow or band, over to you. Johnny, you wanna go first? Okay, I'm gonna start here. So hello, nice to meet you and thanks for having us today. My name is uh, Daniela Fleck called Dani, and uh, I'm the terminologist in Bern's team based in Böbling in the localization department, Philips localization department in Böbling. Um, I've been working as a terminologist for, I think, more than last, uh, the last 10 years. Before that, I was a translation validator, so I have a master's in translating. Um, I'm very much into terminologies. I'm really looking forward to this interview. And for your questions, Volker, thank you. Thanks, Daniela. Yeah. All right, so yeah, this is Bernd Kruse. I'm, uh, as Daniela mentioned, uh, managing the team that does the translation validation for the um, healthcare businesses, monitoring and analytics and uh, therapeutic care and also hospital respiratory care um, within the Philips Healthcare Group. Um, based out of Böblingen, been only moved here like a year ago and have been working in uh, the documentation business um, before in different roles in Philips for the past 20 years. Um, so, so, yeah. Both of you have a long history with the topic and the organization and the market in itself. Great. So, I think when we all look at the term content uh, today, I think we all have realized that content saw a massive explosion in the past 20 years, um, specifically digital content. I think products have become more complex. Uh, product variations have increased over time. And also companies today normally market their products globally, specifically in your business. I think this healthcare is a pretty global business. So if you create content and then having to translate that in a heavily regulated market, content must have a value for the organization. And I'm asking this because I know that sometimes people think, yeah, we need content because we need content, but it's pretty hard to establish what's actually the value of the content for your specific organization in a heavily regulated market with at least assumed on my end, very complex systems and not always native language speaking users on the user side of the house. So there must be a degree of content, whether it's risk avoidance related, customer experience related, 
Um, so why don't you take, you both take the lead and tell us a little bit more how you use the Accordings platform and what your interpretation of perceived value of content for Philips Medical is. Bernd or Daniela, don't know who wants to start. I'll send Bernd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Start with that one. Okay, to start. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's obviously um, risk avoidance is, is the, the most critical part and the most, most important part closely followed by customer experience, um, in my, my opinion, but the major part really is risk avoidance. So, I mean, anything that is done um, with our equipment, which is usually used in ICUs and uh, in, in very critical care businesses. Um, so we, we must ensure that proper terminology is used, that it's unambiguous, that it's clear to understand by um, users who might, as you, as you also mentioned, be non-natives, um, that it's really clear and there's no ambiguity. That's kind of the, the main focus. Anything mm -hmm. you want to add, Dani? Yeah, no, just um, to reinforce the fact that terminology and terminology management work is a vital role or plays a vital role in technical communication. Uh, it's instrumental for communication, high quality and standardized content. So I see your terminology a bit like a safety net. And that's where Acrolinx comes into play because uh, of this professional interface, I would say, between our terminology management work on the one side and uh, technical communication on the other side. Um, we also have the, the translators and validators on the other side. So we have three personas, so to say, in this workflow. And that's where Acrolinx comes into play as, a, as an interface to our terminology. Um, solution. So when we talk about terminology, Daniela, it must be uh, a substantial work to first establish a terminology for an organization. I know that there are terms out there like simplified technical English, but then every organization has specifics. And I, when I look at tech terminology work, I know it's really hard work because you establish something, but it changes every day, but it needs to be applied to the entire organization which is complex because you have a global organization, don't know how many content writers you have internally and externally, but somehow not only you have to create a terminology to avoid risk and to improve customer experience, you also want users and writers to use it. So tell me something, let us learn a little bit how this work is going on and what the challenges are, and, but also what the value of this work is. Yeah, the good thing is that I inherited the database. So it was a very well-defined terminology database, which was already quite big. And as you just said, it's a living thing. It's like laundry. You're never done. Once you finish the load, the next one is coming up. And we, yeah, we are in the middle of, or we are always trying to get users on board, using our, seeing our terminology, using our terminology, and integrate the terminology into their daily work into their uh, content creation processes. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's difficult. So we have to go find them. We have to address them. We have to offer something special to them. So something that creates value for their work, not having yet another tool they have to integrate into their workflow and into their environment, but to make it valuable, to make it fun. And that's one of our biggest challenges, obviously. 
So the terminology database is there. We do lots of terminology work in the background. But anyways, we have to make sure that it is delivered to the people who need to use it. Mm -hmm. And we need their feedback. We need a feedback loop. And that's something we are constantly working on. It's difficult, but it, it we're doing difficult. it on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we really need to make it as, uh, as simple as possible. So yeah. I mean, some would say that, well, just give them the, the list of terms and they can look them up. Yeah, in theory, that might work. In practice, it doesn't. I mean, mm -hmm. no, no one would, would really take the time or has the time to really go through a list of words to say, did I actually use the, the right and applicable terms? So this is really where Arklings comes in. And also one other part that, that Dani mentioned, she inherited this, this huge database. And I, I think it was originally created or started the creation was in, in, on an MS-DOS-based um, yes. terminology solution. Yeah. So it really is, is ancient. And um, also the, the approach has changed. It used to be um, just the uh, preferred terms because uh, were, were, uh, uh, kept track of because it was used for um, translation purposes. So mm -hmm. only then, Assuming that the writers use the right terminology, then you have the um, the preferred terms, and then you have, can have just the the equivalent in the other language. But into uh, into implementing Aqualinks made clear, okay, um, a big focus does not need to be only on the preferred terminology, but rather also on the uh, deprecated, on the forbidden terms to yeah catch these and to, to um, make the writers aware, okay, this is actually incorrect and you should rather be using this instead of that. Uh, okay. So now I'm guessing when I look at terminology and specifically in your, in your market, as I said, you're building very complex systems. Um, I don't want to say how to use, but complex. And every system in and of itself is basically a computer. It's a, it's a, computer that has a system. So I think content sometimes starts as simple as this being a part of the user interface of the system inside the product, let alone the technical documentation. And then when it comes to terminology, sometimes even marketing organizations decide overnight without everybody else knowing to change product names, which then has an implication on terminology and has an implication probably also on the user interface. And this is why I said it must be very challenging to kind of manage a holistic and balance and always actual terminology over time and, and then get people to use it. Am I right or wrong? That's definitely true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Very much so. All right. Um, do you have any idea how, how much content you govern? in terms of single pieces of content and in how many different systems they reside? No? How content gets created? Um, well, I, I think um, Philips is a, is a company which is fairly diverse. So there, there's, there's um, I mean, just for creation of user documentation, um, there are no, not, not, not wanting to throw anyone under the bus, but I think we have like six, seven, eight different ways of and tools of creating content. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no, no single tool that is used by all departments. Uh, it also has like historic reasons. It used to be that um, how, how these things um, 
uh, grow over time and, and also with acquisitions that Philips has done over time. Mm -hmm. And in all fairness, documentation is usually not on the, on the top priority list when it comes to integration uh, of, of acquisition of acquired companies. Then it's mm -hmm. just like, I mean, yeah, this thing works, so let's just leave it as is. But this then means, okay, eventually we, we kind of not try to nudge um, those, those groups into, into using um, the same tools, ideally, that we have. Um, and therefore, yeah, getting it in there. I mean, we, we, for, when it comes to terminology, we also have to have for certain parts uh, separation. So, I mean, there's, there's certain words which, which coin a different concept uh, when it comes in a, to, to a different domain. So something might be called the same word in, in ultrasound and MRI, but is something completely different. Just thinking of the of the term scanner, um, so it's the in ultrasound it's the scanner head that you use in in an MRI. It's the the big donut that you get um, pushed in when you get mm. an MRI exam. So this is um, one part of the of the puzzle. One part of the puzzle. So speaking of regulation again, and I think um, to get your products into markets, probably in each market you have to get approval from the local authorities, which would be, I think, the FDA in the US, other bodies in Europe, mm -hmm. and again, other bodies in, in, um, in Asia. And speaking of value, hypothetically, if your team inside Philips Medical wouldn't exist and you would not have a terminology, what would be the negative consequence? How many more people in what would you have to do to pass approvals if you're not able to manage terminology and documentation the way you do it? Sometimes it's, you get easier to value of content and the process around it if you think through, okay, what if we wouldn't have the system and the process and the people that care about all this? Hmm. It's a, a difficult question. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, something pops into my mind, something that happened years ago. So like a safety net, our in-house validator found something like there was a thing saying our sensor, whatever is the best on the market. That was something we, we cannot just say, you have to prove it. And that proof mm -hmm. was missing. And that's something that was um, reported back and escalated. And of course it had to be changed as well as in the English and was not to be mirrored in the, in the target languages. Something like that, I think is really, really important to have the safety net and not just to have it translated somewhere without having a terminology. And over the years, you already said it, it's uh, the big data thing. We have so many documents coming in, so much content we have to check. I think there would be quite a few things we would miss, whatever uh, results or consequences that might have, I, I don't know. Yeah. So that's just one example I have in mind, but you wouldn't have consistent translations. And of course, the heart of our thing, uh, of everything we do is our end customer. And we do not want to confuse our customer by having a product name on the title page and using another product name throughout the document mm -hmm. and things like that. We do not want to confuse them. We want to have precise, non-ambiguous, clear communication. And that's also true, of course, for our internal uh, customers and of course for our customer in the hospital or wherever. 
Yeah, I mean, and in, in the end, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's the patient's life, it's people's lives that, exactly. that might depend on these things. So um, it would be, if, if, if we weren't there, if we weren't to, to do this, 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 this activity, this exercise that we do, um, if we weren't doing it, I, I would think it's, it's just like playing the lottery. I mean, you might be lucky yeah. and, and, and maybe you even could be lucky in 99% of the cases. But I wouldn't want to be the one to say, well, you know, we, we just tried our luck and this 1% we didn't. And okay, so this is why then yeah. someone had to suffer. Well, in extreme cases, specifically if that happens in the US, if let's say because of poorly documented products, something goes wrong, it normally ends up in a, in a, in a lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. These lawsuits are costly and lengthy and doesn't have the reputation at all. So there's a, I think there's an intrinsic value of what you do inside mm -hmm. an organization like Philips Medical. Yeah, and with all those modules we are talking about with data and stuff, so it's not just used, content you are creating is not just used in one document and you might, it's one author, one document, one product. So in the past, and you could be quite sure that this might be okay. But nowadays this chunk of content is maybe used in different products as well. And you need to make sure that it fits. And that's why I think it's a vital role we are playing in this organization. Yeah, I think so too. So let's turn it around. Last question. So I have asked so many questions. So let's turn this around and make this an event where you can ask me, us, me, Volker and Chris a question. Oh, cool. Yeah, go ahead. I want to start, please. <laughs> Yes. So get, out your get out your list. And <laughs> yeah, my wish list is now uh, on the desk. Um, I'm always very much interested in new um, cool features Aqualinks might um, um, bring out to us, for us, because of, uh, the trends is always very interesting uh, for me. What m makes our lives or the, our users' lives easier, like I don't know what's, what comes to my mind. It's like a chatbot, something you could ask an easy question to while you're using Aqualinks or something like that. So um, ah. are there any new cool features out there? <laughs> <laughs> for terminology, of course, or for whatever. Yeah, there's, now, now it's getting pretty difficult because we are talking about products uh, that are not yet released or, or announced. I can see Chris yeah, going wide on the other side, but I think... <laughs> Don't say anything. <laughs> I think specifically for terminology, you will see something coming down your way in the coming months. So we are at the very late end of, of uh, producing something new which I believe has tremendous value specifically for the ones that have to manage terminology. So I know that we today have something, but this will come in a drastically new way, which will simplify, hopefully, that's our guess, but you have to prove the way our clients can manage terminology. Chris, anything you want to add? Was that too much or not enough? I would say that that's a, a it's a good push in the direction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything that helps us and our users to to lower the threshold to do terminology work. Not for me because I do it like every day, like every minute um, of my working day, but for the users to contribute more or to give feedback or whatever to um, support our terminology work yeah. is very much appreciated. Yeah. So so uh, anything that that can make the life's easier to make it make it more um, less of a burden 
put it like that. So, so they do not have to think about, okay, I need to do this. Uh, do I have to do this? But it's just like, it comes natural. So it's just part of the, exactly, the, yeah. the, the process. Um, because that's something that we, well, struggle might be too big a word, but um, yeah, something that we uh, are faced with at times. Yeah, I, th I know the struggle, how difficult it is sometimes to get people to do something, specifically people that don't report to you. Mm -hmm. And can, mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want. And yeah. I, I like to introduce this term that I call gamification. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something that is along the way of, okay, if you use terminology, you get your score up of your individual contribution, the ins and outs between a quality index uh, of using the terminology and sometimes even competing with your peers. I don't know, but I know how hard it is to to get people to comply to something, right? It is a compliance thing. And uh, I think as much as we all appreciate that compliance has a value, it's pretty hard to make people follow. But I believe some of it needs to be enforcement, but the way we think about it is more gamification of mm -hmm. the fact. Yeah, it needs I, I, to I'm be fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, there's this, uh, who doesn't know, uh, doesn't know it, just Google uh, fun theory and there's the the piano stairs in stockholm so that, that's a good example which yeah yeah give people an incentive yeah we are also working on i mean we are born out of nlp and um, uh, born out of karlsruhe uh, the center for artificial intelligence we are working a lot of what we call um, content comprehension because mm -hmm. we believe that there's one aspect of content that relates to, let's say, change typos. This is something where I believe that probably more Google or Microsoft or somebody else has a solution, mm -hmm. but the comprehension of content um, in a way that you fully understand and find out whether the content is, I say a term, scannability or readability. Uh, specifically, if you have non-native English or non-native language users, I think it all comes down how fast can you comprehend content. So this content uh, comprehension and content understanding are also topics in the coming two years that we will mm -hmm. heavily working on. Aside then scalability of the system that you can also comprehend a thousand page document. And so these are all hints of, of stuff that we are working on back in Berlin. There's all the great engineers that we have that are sitting in their home office in these days. <laughs> Going crazy. <laughs> yeah coding stuff I, I think they are just a little bit more productive they are productive in general but there's no side chat anymore there's no coffee table anymore where you can meet <laughs> colleagues and talk about the next big framework that you want to use so this mm -hmm. i think yeah. it's a positive experience for most of them i would say so any last question Good. that you have for me for us no nothing for me thank nothing. you no, i'm good thank you very much it was a very good interview. Many thanks for your time and contribution and probably also the time you spent to prepare this. I'm looking forward actually to get to, both, to know you both in person at some point when we are Likewise. able to travel again nice, yeah. and to meet in person yeah. and to get deeper into your wish lists and, and ideas. Unfortunately, our content um, connection conference will not happen physically this, this year, but I think at the point in time when we can get out of our home offices and travel again, there will be an opportunity to see and meet. And as we learned at the very beginning, there's a strong connection of some sort between all of us here on this call. So That's I would true. like to leverage that. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Daniela. Thank you, Bernd. Thank and you. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Meet Peter Page. He's just your average piece of enterprise content, ready to engage, educate, and convert your target audience. But in the process of getting to your audience, your content has to pass through different teams and layers of approval. If your enterprise doesn't have a practice of active content governance, things can get messy. Content chaos happens when your content has a different style, tone or terminology depending on who writes it and where it is written. Maybe your content lacks a native level fluency or different teams use different words and phrases to describe your product to consumers. Content chaos slows down your content release schedule, impacts your budget, your brand awareness, and your revenue. That's where Acrolinks comes in. Our platform captures the way your enterprise communicates, aligns your content with your guidelines, and analyzes the performance of your entire content operation. We're an AI-powered platform that solves content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at scale. It supports development and product teams to write fluent, simple documentation and UI strings with maximum efficiency. Helps your marketing teams write consistent, engaging content for different target audiences across different channels. And gives customer success teams more time to create knowledge articles and support content that customers can find and understand. Using the power of active content governance, Acrolinks manages content chaos, so clear content gets to the right audience faster. Unify your content creators, experience efficient content creation at scale, and deliver better content faster with Acrolinks. Contact us at www.acrolinks.com.